0: Um, can I just see a show of hands? Who in the room knows Fred? I met Fred. Wonderful.
1: You are amongst friends. Who here has met Nancy? Yeah, wonderful. Very good. All right. Well, I'm just going to pray and then I'll, I'll hop out of the way. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you that you call us into community and into family. And we thank
0: you for our family, Fred and Nancy, visiting with us this morning. Lord Jesus, we, we seek you and we, we listen for the voice of your of your spirit speaking through them. Yes, Lord are. Jesus, thank you for the journey that you have had them on, the journey you still have them on. Mm. And Lord Jesus, we pray that, that what we would receive from them this morning would be your water for our souls, mm. would be your food for us. Mm. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would bless them mightily as they minister to us this morning. In your precious name, amen. 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 May loud enough? No, not as loud as your pastor. <laughs> uh, good morning, church. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank Pastor Bob and his family to give us a chance to come and share with us this morning. We are blessed to be part of uh, the church this morning. Uh, my name is Fred and uh, this is Nancy. Together we have two boys, Jesse and Jerry. Um, it's a pleasure to to see them grow. <laughs> it's been a wonderful journey. But before I speak so much, I would like just to welcome Nancy to say hi and, uh, and just if there's something she would like to share with us. Welcome, Nancy. <laughs>
1: Hello everybody, I will do praise the Lord, I want to see a wave, please wave for me, there you go, that's better.
0: Uh, Before we share with us this morning, uh, I just want to give you a brief history of um, our journey. Uh, It's always important to understand where we've come from. I was born and raised in a Christian family. My mom was an evangelist. Um, my dad used to go to Catholic, but at some point, my mom managed to convince him to join my mother, and both of us became uh, Pentecostal. They led a church for a long time. Uh, both of them are passed on. My mom died last year; she was the last one remaining. And um, <clears throat> but they did a good job. They invested a lot in our family. Because I remember uh, back in nineteen eighties, I was a small boy. But one of the things my mom said that in this house, Sunday is church. We never had a debate about church on Sundays. My mom always made sure that we went to church on Sundays. And uh, I remember people used to people used to fear my mother because my mom, church was priority. And she found you, anybody in the village or whatever, children on the road, she used to wonder why they're not in church. But um, my personal commitment to the church came in, um, I'll say, back in 1990. Um, 1990 is when when, I, when I, I gave my life to Christ. And and back in that church, it's a church in Nairobi, it's called International Christian Center. Uh it was planted by a team of missionaries from Assemblies of God America. In Nairobi, it's called International Christian Center. You can Google or check for it later. And that's the time um, I used to go to that church. I used to volunteer at that church. And in 1997, um, the senior pastor of that church is a good friend of ours. He's the one who did a wedding. It's called Pastor He invited me to go and serve on the team. Back in 1997. I was not married. But I thank God through serving the church. I met this girl. (laughs) And uh, we've been serving. We've been serving the Lord together. And uh, before I ask her to sit down, I just want her to share with us. um, A scripture from the book of 1 Samuel. If you carried your Bible Can have a look at the First Samuel chapter. Chapter seventeen, First Samuel seventeen, from verse thirty-two.
1: All right, if we are there, I will read
0: thirty-two to forty.
1: David said to Saul, "Let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him." Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from from its mouth. When it turned to me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paws of the lion and the, uh, and the paws of the bear will rescue me from the hands of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze of helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in this, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff on his hand, chose his five smooth stones from the stream, put them on his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling on his hand, approached the Philistine. Let us pray.
0: <coughs> Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word that I have shared this morning. I invite your leadership, your guidance. May you guide us through as we share this morning your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Be um, uh, before I share with us this message from the book of Samuel. My message today is called Magnify your God. And I'm happy the work I've had, the missionaries are doing out there. I'm happy for people that have walked across the towns, the city, the villages to plan the word that you are reading today. I have a lot of respect for people like Dr. Livingstone who went all the way to Africa and planted the church in Africa. And I don't know who came to Kirang by then. but these people did an amazing job and the message I'm learning from that is that as much as we are going around and, and moving across the work is not about us the work is about God our role as Christians is to magnify God so the message today is about magnify your God If I can have this light up, yep, much for your God. Uh, eight years ago, my wife, before eight years, probably two years prior to that, my wife Nancy shared with us as a family that she had a vision. she wanted to do something. Beyond just working in a church, because we have been working in church for 15 years together. She was working as a church administrator, I was working as a pastor in a church, and she challenged me, she told me, I would like to do something different, and not in Kenya. I'd like to go to Australia. It was a bit scary. (laughs) And uh, to cut a long story short, two years down the line, We got the visa, and 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 she packed the bags, and because of fear, of unknown, I told her probably you go first, I'll follow you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I said I have a lot of respect for the missionaries. These people they take risks to to go and learn what they're doing, to go and invest in our lives. So two months down the, I mean. Before I would think about it, she was packing her bags. She said, I'm going ahead. I'm going to try and prepare a place. Hopefully, soon you follow up with the boys. because well, the boys are in school. I was still serving in church. And uh, we continued to talk with my seniors. And I managed to tell them that it's okay. We can still continue to do ministry, even outside Kenya. And uh I remember eight years ago, myself and the two boys, they were too tiny, the other one was probably two years or so, something. Uh walking at the airport and asking myself, where am I going? We did not have any savings, we did not have like a house, we didn't we had nothing. And we are coming to Australia. Uh but one thing that I learned through the whole process, because we came and we received friends, we received people, people that have received us, people have accommodated us, people have looked after us. And the whole thing I learned from this is that's it. Friends, when we magnify God, we don't see color. Do you want me to repeat? <laughs> I said, when we magnify God, we don't see color. When we magnify God, we don't see tribe. When we magnify God, we don't see the race. When you magnify God, we don't even see the party. Yesterday, some of us were voting for liberal or labor, whatever party you voted for. But when God is magnified, we don't see the party. Now, David. One of my role models in the Bible is David. In this story, most of us have read, have heard about David and the Goliath. And and David from that battle, he looks at this. In Psalm, you can look at it later. After all the challenges he went through, David is telling us that, magnify God. He's saying that, I praise the name of God with a song and I magnify him. Because the challenge that David was facing with the lad was bigger. But I can tell you, in life, the challenges that come, the mountains that come, the diseases that come, the hills that come, they become bigger than God. I'm going to repeat that again. We'll have challenges. We'll face mountains. There's a situation that will come that is going to be bigger than your God. The Israelites, the people who God looked at the number one people in his life, in their lives, for them God was everything. They feared God, they loved God. They fought for God. But one man called Goliath stood in front of them that became bigger than their God in this story. And for all of us, there are things that we face in life like that day, I landed at Brisbane Airport. Like I said, there was no saving. I had a financial giant that we needed to face. Nuns had just joined university. The fees were there. The boys got to join school. We not have house rent. There was nothing to pay house. Rent. We didn't even have a house. And this giant was facing at us. People that have always talked to people about hope. We, had, we always pray for people. We always encourage people. But here I'm the one needing encouragement. I knew nobody, there's no one around. The church people are not there for me. And this giant called finance, Australian dollar was looking at me. And my question this morning for all of us, how do you magnify your God? How do you magnify your God? Because when those times come, when the storms come away, when you face your own Goliaths, how do you magnify your God? When I was looking at uh, David's story, if you look at verse 32, you can have a look at it later. David said to Saul, Let no one lose. Heart on the account of this philistine. Let no one lose heart. What does that mean? It means that hope, hope is one of the things that kept us going. Hope is one of the things that if you lose it, you have nothing else to hold to. And David, after 40 days, the Israelites had lost hope. They had given up everything. Goliath was shouting, was yelling, was swearing at them for 40 days. They lost hope themselves. They lost hope in God. But David stepped up and said, let nobody lose heart. Let no one lose hope. Because hope is a wonderful gift from God, a source of strength and courage in the face of life's harshest trials. When you're trapped in a, of, a tunnel of misery, hope points us to the light. Hope tells us that the light is at the end. That even I was in the midst of that, where I could not see God, where the God I know, that the mighty God I think of, the mighty God I've understood, the mighty God I've served. At that time, when he looked so small, Hope told me that there's light at the end of that. Hope also reminded us that when you want to quit, I was talking to my friend the other day, yesterday, actually, on phone. He lives in the U.S. That's why I can share with you, because he's not here. And he was telling me that my marriage is on the rocks. He said to me, Fred, please pray for me. The wife, I've been married for 20 years, has pushed me into a different bedroom. He told me every time I wake up, I want to give up. I want to throw in the towel and walk away. But I look at our son and say, I'm not going. He has come to a place, the God they've been serving, the faithful God. They can't see him anymore. Divorce papers are hanging in front of him. they have become bigger than him. they have become bigger than his God. I've been encouraging him. I told him my brother, he's my cousin, I tell him, stand firm. Don't give up. But I know hope has been keeping him on. For some of us, you could have disease. Fifteen years ago, before my mom passed on last year, she, gave me, she rang me. She told me that, Fred, I went to see my doctor this morning. The doctor gave me two days to leave. Two days. I can tell you, as much as I used to pray for people and encourage people, I had no worse. I didn't have words to pray at that particular time. I dropped everything. I told her, I jumped in the next bus and come and see me. We see what we can do. But in my heart, I knew there was nothing. I was feeling hopeless. And my mom did the same. She jumped to the next bus. She came to the town. I remember telling my senior that we'd drive to go and pick her. We went and picked my mother at the bus station. And we rang our doctor. I told our doctor, my mom has come and she's just been given two days to leave. We walked to the doctor's place. And the doctor looked at my mom. She was a very prayerful lady from Sri Lanka. And she prayed with my mom and she said, I want to have a look and work with you for the next six hours. Then probably by the end of the day you go back home. And that's exactly what happened. By the end of the day, my mom was discharged from the hospital. And there was nothing wrong with her. I was having a faithful God. My mother was told to go home. There was nothing. You know, those times the doctor tell you, go home. You're okay. But you're still looking around thinking maybe, maybe it's not true. She also go home. My mother lived 15 years after that until last year. When she passed on. Friends, magnify your God. When He is bigger, nothing else will come in front of him. Whether it's a pain, whether those papers my cousin is facing right now, hanging in front of him, whether that crippling disease that is hanging in front of you, Is God. So don't give up your hope. This is one of my favorite stories the story of Jonah. Jonah prayed when he was in the belly of fish, a place where you can't even see God, a place where there's nothing. I don't know how many of us. Leave alone being thrown in the water, in the belly of fish with no aircon, no heater, nothing. But the scripture says in John chapter 2 verse 1, it says that Jonah knelt down and prayed to God. The other thing I want to share with us is don't lose your focus. We've gone through some of these challenges. And one of the other challenges we've gone through as a couple when we got married is it took a bit of a while before we, the two boys came along. And, and some of the, our friends, Christians, they used to make fun of us because it took a bit of a few years before children came along. And you can easily lose your focus. You can easily lose your focus. Because what the enemy wants is that the enemy wants you to focus on the problem. The enemy wants you to focus on the challenges. The enemy wants us to focus on the challenges that come, the things that are the struggles we are looking through. That's what the enemy wants us to focus. And then we miss the big picture, that God is faithful. I want to encourage us that when that time comes, magnify God. A place that I really like to enjoy is in Numbers chapter 13, verse 28. after the Israelites had walked from Egypt, seeing the miracles God did for them, seen the Red Sea, seeing all they could see, Moses chose 12 of them and said, cross over and check for us the land. Out of 10, two of them had a positive report. Ten of them lost the focus. When they are told the land is flowing with milk and honey, they were looking for the milk and honey. They are not expecting other people to be in the land. And when they went there, they found that the land was not empty. There are actually people in the land. And for them, they thought, you know, God will just give us the land because he promised us. But the truth is that God wanted them to fight for that land. God wanted them to God wanted them to be magnified in that particular land. So 10 of them failed the test, but 2 of them passed the test. It's amazing what most of us can see. That you have 12 people walk to the same piece of land, who trust the same God, but see something different. So my friends, my family, my sisters, my brothers, let's keep our focus. There will be challenges, there will be trials. Opposition will be there. I can tell you the media will not shut up. The media will always tell you how church is failing. The media will tell you how the church is closing doors. The media will tell you how we don't have Christianity in school anymore. The media will tell you how... A failure is a failing state as far as Christianity is concerned. But I want to remind you that God is still in charge. He's still the same God who was there yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The miracles he did with the Israelites, the same miracles he's still doing today. The same God who served at Hillsong is the same God who is serving at Baptistia here in Kerrang. The same God who served at Planet Shakers in Melbourne is the same God who serve in Kerang Baptist. The same God who serve in Nairobi, is the same God who serve here. So let's not lose focus. Let's not be attracted by the things that are coming up in the media. But what people are saying, it's it's amazing that I was looking at this illustration the other day, and uh, Someone was saying that even, even you take a piece of coin and you just put it on your eye and look up on, this, on the sun, Change the sun, you may not see it as much as it's big up there. Just a little coin. So something very small may just move your focus. Move your focus. For some of us, you may have a beautiful day, you've worked. Um, You have a good day in the office. You walk home. Maybe your spouse is not born again. And they may just say one word. changes everything. And the last thing I want to share with us before I finish is do your part. Do your part. It's very easy to sit down and say, Pastor Bob is doing everything. They used to tell us when you worked in church that, you know, we pay our type and offering. You know, we pay you to serve us. (laughs) It's very easy for people to think that, you know, when you pay your pastor, he has to do everything for you. And, And we sometimes used to get stressed because of that. David did his part, you know. He says in verse 37 that the Lord who rescued me from the lion and the bear who rescued me also from the Philistines, said David. So Saul told David, go, and the Lord will give you. So do your part, God will do his part. If you are called to pray, pray. God is going to provide the healing. But He wants us to do our part as Christians. The work of saving people is not about the missionaries. The work of saving people is not about the pastors. The work of saving people is not about the prophets. The work of saving people is not about. Bill Graham, the work of saving people is about God. But God wants us to do our part as Christians. God wants us to do our part. When you do your part, you discover yourself. David discovered himself when he did his part. And Saul was trying to to make David be like Saul. By getting his clothes and putting on David. Dressing Saul to be like, and giving him his sword. So that he can say, you know, it was about my sword, it was about my clothes, it was about my... God wants you to discover yourself. The Bible says that it's him who made some to be evangelists. It's him who made some to be prophets. It's him who makes some to be teachers. But you can wait for 20 years to discover who you are. It will not find you sitting down. I was looking at the scripture the other day when Jesus, after Jesus had with his disciples for a while, he took them for an assignment. He took them out and showed them a bit of a few things. Then, after that, the disciples, they brought a patient to the disciples. A sick patient was brought to the disciples. And the disciples were asked to pray for that sick person. They prayed for that person and the person was not healed. And they're asking themselves, what happened? Why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this to help us understand that we all have different giftings. We all have different giftings. But you can only discover your gift when you go out. You can only discover your gift when you step out and do something. Ezekiel Ezekiel was taken out to the Valley of Bones. And God asked him, "Can this bone? Can they speak? Dry bones." But sometimes I ask myself, if Ezekiel stood, stayed home. Will he had? Will he experience? Had experience that. So when you do your part, you discover yourself. As I finish, my question this morning is how big is your God? How big is your God? Because those moments will come. It may not be for you, but for a relative. Those moments will come where God will come small. Those challenges will come where God will come too small for you. How big is he in your life? When waves come and things thrown at you, when giants stand in your way, how big is your God? When the world look at you, what do they see? The things we say, the things we do. Can people actually see God in your life? When I used to do counseling in church, one day a lady walked in my office and she sat down. When she sat down, she, she pulled, she just pulled a little bit, her trousers like this and she told me, have a look at my feet. they was swollen. She told me, my husband has been physically abusing me. I've informed the police, I've informed everybody. But I don't want him to go to jail because I love him. I'm not talking about people who didn't go to church. These were Christians who went to church every Sunday. What are we magnifying? What do the world see when they look at us as Christians? In your house, for those of us who don't have people who have never actually been to church, people who have never confessed Christ in their lives, what do they see when they look at us as Christians? It's very easy to say that I'm a Baptist. It's very easy to say I'm an Anglican. It's very easy to say I'm a Catholic. But when people who don't go to church look at you, what do they see? My friends, as I finish, let me encourage us that when we magnify God, He'll magnify you. If you make God big in your life, God will make you big. You don't have to tell people you're a Christian. They'll see it as a Christian. Because you magnify God. If you stand what is true, God will defend you what is true. By many times, even myself, I want to hide The church doesn't talk about sin anymore for fear of being I want to mention today. We don't talk about sin. We don't talk about things that we feel that God loves in our lives because of fear. But I want to encourage all of us today that if we stand up for truth, if we magnify God, God will magnify us. People start looking at our lives and start seeing God. He made us in His likeness. We carry His image in our lives. But until we step out and do something, His image, His image is not seen. His image is not there. But He wants us to step out and His image to be seen for people. I don't know what giants you're facing this morning in your, in your life, in your family. Maybe just a giant of fear. For some of us, you've never slept hungry. Like I can tell you, I was sharing with some of the students where I I go once in a while to to, to do chaplaincy. And they were throwing away food. And I told one of the the students that, you know, that meal in Africa is somebody's meal for the whole day. And they were laughing. Because some of them have never slept hungry. (laughs) Last last, last, uh, last month alone, I think we had lot, probably 20 children who died in Kenya because of hunger. Kenya alone, because of hunger. There's someone who has never been to the shower. If they have been, they have washed with no soap. So for, for some of us, your giant could be just fear that you're facing. Fear because you've never stepped out and talked to somebody about God. Your fear could be you've never even, not even talked about God. You've never actually lifted your hand up and say, God, I thank you for today in prayer. But my prayer today is that we'll overcome all that. That you're going to step out like David. Whether you use your stones, whatever you have, but we step out and face that giant. The soldiers were sitting there. no one was willing to step up. but my prayer that all of us will step up and face our giants. Before I invite uh, Pastor bobble I just want to talk about briefly. Um, I left this because I want to talk about it at the end. Um, I thank God because we are serving at North Heaven, or North Heaven, whatever, how you pronounce it. <laughs> and uh, I thank God for Esther who was serving there previously and some other chaplains who have been around there are doing a very wonderful job. You know, the people who planted it, for some of us who are watering now, And, and Pastor Bob has been doing a very wonderful job there. But we need volunteers. We need volunteers. So very soon, you are going to give you a date for the training for volunteers. If you haven't done this book before, we want to train volunteers who can step up and magnify God. So if you want to know more information, you can talk to Pastor Bob, you can talk to me. My prayer is that whatever tool we can use, whether it's this tool, but we can step out and do what God has wanted us to do. You may still have your hope burning, but I can tell you that I've met a number of people there who have lost hope. I've talked to people there that have told me, I've been to church probably, the last time I went to church was probably 20, 30 years ago. That's the last time I went to church. (laughs) they laughed but they can't remember the last time they went to church and there are so many of us here who can do that so my prayer is that think about it pray about it do something about it